in Europe have revived the specter of nuclear Armageddon. Tonight we crack into what we can expect, how to prepare for it, and glimmers of hope yet unsnuffed. As an artistic work of fiction and falsehood, the views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the broadcasters or the management thereof. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, I am glad you are here. On this, a trippy intro to Cast Now, I'm lead media disruption developer Kai Hubers, as always, um, and this is Cast Now, where we discuss the latest news in science, but also technology and also sometimes the media of the day. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of, of uh, Spirit Science. Um, uh, salutations, greetings and salutations to you, Rowan. Hello, and solemn greetings on this most tense of geopolitical times. Yes. These might have been a better word for that. But yes, these are tense geopolitical times. They are. We and... are on the stage. We're on the stage of it. We are in the audience watching the stage. But also each each of us is on that stage as well. We have two roles. We're sort of sitting in the audience but we are also at any time. It's an improv show, so at any time, they could call us up onto the stage. I mean, you know, the thing about broadcast media, which makes it so special, is that we m- might on the program <clears throat> be the ones to bear the bad news, to be the ones who go forward and yeah. tell individuals that, you know, the world that the old world is dying and the new world has struggled to be born. Yes, and you know that could be us. And imagine, imagine that scenario. Kai. And I think that's imagining that scenario was what brought us here today to talk about what we're going to be discussing to talk, today. Yeah, to talk about this. Uh, it, it's a really, you know, it's a really tough conversation. Imagine we are we are your parents or your parental figures that are inviting you into the living room, and we're sitting down with you on the couch, and and we say it's time. You know, we love talking about science, we love talking about technology, but sometimes you have to sit down and you have to talk about. Uh, the something in between those two things, and that is what we're going to be talking about today. And it's just uh, once again, it's just uh, uh, unfortunate that this is what we have to do. Um, mm-hmm. But we have to. Sometimes the the job of a in information giver, sometimes the job of a light worker, brings pain and anxiety. But pain and anxiety now can save pain and anxiety in the future. Exactly. So it's about time that I talk about. Um, I've been busy. This has been our first show in a while, and uh, and the reason for that is is I have been I've been a little bit busy recently. Um, yes, uh, you have been quite busy. You've been um, as as per usual. I I've attempted to reach out to you. I've attempted to contact you. I've sent you a number of emails, mm-hmm. and in fact, I had assumed that the program was not happening today, but then uh, you got back to me, and right. so here we are. Like a like a double agent, like a, somebody deep undercover that finally came out after the big bust was made. Um, I am back. Um, and the reason I've been out and the reason I haven't been able to converse with you at all, Rowan, is because I've been, I was on a top-secret mission. Uh, I, was, I was a bloodhound, thirsty, hungry, sniffing out what I sniff out best, and that is the data, following it 
uh, in the in whatever directions twists and turns around the around the marsh um, a, as I do in my in my job. And that data pointed that data pointed me in the direction, and it brought me to the front lines where the battle was really raging. The front lines of um, of the Ukraine. The front lines of the conflict. Yes. Twitter and the mentions and the chats, the new media, where the battle actually happens. I was there. I was waiting several weeks even before anybody knew about what was going on or or what was to come. I followed the data, so I was there before anybody else, sowing the seeds. Are you claiming responsibility for what is occurring now? No, I don't think anybody, any single person can claim responsibility for what is happening but what I will say is, I was there before anybody else, and I was holding the hoe. Is this – are we still talking about Twitter, Kai? Yes, we're talking about Twitter. We're talking about the, the geopolitical conflict taking place in Eastern Europe. Um, and I've been with this thing since the beginning, since the, since the inception, since the conception. Um, and I wanted to bring here uh, – I wanted to start this show today. I thought it was very important that we had the show today because I thought it was very important that I reported my findings. Um, you know, we're scientists here. There, we, we, You all out there are scientists listening. And so it's very important that I share with the scientific community my findings. And I think right at this point, the most important piece of information that I can discuss with the listeners and you, Rowan, is – Uh, about these words that have been thrown around on Twitter and other social media and new media platforms a lot recently. Um, And these these words have been thrown around, but they get kind of confusing. They get really muddied. And those words are disinformation and misinformation. These two words, they're everywhere. You You can't look on the internet without seeing these words pop up. And there are similarities, but there are also many differences. Well, I, th- I think there's a reason that these words get bandied around quite a bit. And, Interchangeably and that, almost. I, and that is because there is a lot of um, false information out there exactly. uh, you know, floating around, be that disinfo or misinfo. Exactly. But there, there is a difference that we cannot write off. These, these are not interchangeable terms and many get, many get this wrong. So I thought the very first thing I would like to do on this show, the, very, the most important thing I would like to do on this show I think – um, is just go over the differences. Um, so we have these. Uh, I've made these slides, these helpful um, educational graphics that um, that will pull up. And it's time that we talk about the, the differences. So let's first start off with the word disinformation. So disinformation. The definition of disinformation is false or inaccurate information, especially that which is deliberately intended to deceive. Right, so pretty straightforward, yeah. I would say. I mean, that sounds about what you would expect it to sound like. Exactly, and uh, and so if you're out there, you're trying to deceive people with incorrect information. That is, uh, you're using disinformation. But now look at its uh, close but uh, but better looking cousin, misinformation. The definition of misinformation is false or inaccurate information, especially that which is strategically intended to inspire right so you can see they're 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 they they're very similar but there are some key differences that really make this whole thing really cut this whole thing open i i i so strategically intended to inspire yes. what do you mean by that um well you know with a lot of sp- science explaining it might not always be the best 
way to do it. it I think it's better that we get into some examples. Okay, fair so enough. So let's just say um, disinformation is something that is wrong in any circumstance, whereas misinformation, if it's applied correctly, I think it's pretty awesome. So, but this is still, these are still lies. Um, I didn't, I haven't said lie. I, pull up, play back the tape, Rome. I, I do not think that I said the word lie. I said disinformation and misinformation. Maybe that's even too complicated. From here to four, I will be calling them disinfo and misinfo. That, that'll clear, that, I mean, that is the issue at hand is that the words are too long. That's what the confusing yeah. disinfo part of all Disinfo and misinfo. All right. right so right. let's get into some examples. Okay. Um, and these are from the real world. I've collected real world data points that I want to demonstrate um, the differences between these two words. So first off, we have disinfo. An example of disinfo is this conflict in Ukraine was inevitable. That's disinformation. That's disinformation. There are two sides to the story that's not a conclusive statement. That's a not factually correct statement, and it's meant to deceive you. Okay. Now let's talk about uh, a similar mis- uh, example of misinfo. Vladimir Putin has a bad attitude. Oh, and that is, as opposed to disinfo, this is this is verifiable. This is correct. No, and that's what makes it brilliant. But let's move on to another. Yeah, let's example. keep go- let's keep going, Kai. I, I still don't think I get this. The next one is uh, an example of disinfo. The Russian militia is sparing women and children. And and you're implying now on this program that that is not correct. Uh, well, there's. I'm just saying. It's just an example. An example of, of something that was lacking evidence, that we don't really have concrete evidence either way. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're saying it is is, is deceiving. Okay. Now let's talk about its misinfo cousin. The Russian militia are assuming gender identity and level of maturity. On what grounds? So in this instance, there is a fact that could be verified, yes. theoretically could be verified, mm-hmm. and that is disinfo because it is unverifiable, not true, correct? Yes. essentially. And then with misinfo, that's just a question you're posing. You're just posing a question. That that's not that is not that is misinformation. It's misinformation. It's making it's inspiring me. It's making me think a little bit deeper about the situation. I still don't think I fully understand this. All right, let's, let's look at another one. Disinfo. Everyone has an agenda. It's not true. No, you have to. You can't. You can't know everybody. It's a, that's a huge statement. People aren't a monolith. Yeah, exactly. But now, misinfo. Listen to me. I don't have an agenda. Okay. All right. All right. I think it's I see where you're going to with come this. Together. Yeah, I think All it's right. starting to come together. Disinfo. The Russians were provoked. All right. Verifiable statement. Don't have evidence either way. Now let's move on to the misinfo. Uh, okay. No, you. Another clear example. Uh, another one. So disinfo and misinfo, they don't have to just be statements. They can also be photos because photos can be used to either deceive or inspire. Right. So let's look at a disinfo in a photo form. Uh, an example of disinfo is are, are photos of Russian military um Really doing anything. It doesn't matter. It's all propaganda. Okay. Even if the thing being depicted is correct and correctly attributed, that is still disinfo. There's a cameraman there. Yeah. That's oh. inherent. It's inherently there's a staging happening. You okay. Know? okay. All right. Um, but now let's, ta- ta- let's look at some misinfo. Photos of Ukrainian military with cute little puppies and kittens. 
they're they're going to be smiling. But how can you not? Right. These are puppies and kittens. Right, and about. and the distinction here is that um, what is I, I what is the distinction? I think the distinction is is becoming more and more clear. So let me just move on to another example. Okay. Uh, disinfo. All the girls in your life have a little bit of a crush on Volodymyr Zelensky, uh, that, which is the president of Ukraine. Yeah, and that and that sounds that sounds incorrect to me. It's yeah, it's an oversimplification. It's right. a monolith once again. Of course. Now let's look at the misinfo. All the girls in your life are willing to have a threesome with you and Volodymyr Zelensky. And that's inspiring. <laughs> Extremely. Do we have any more? Any any more I, of this yes, guy? Yes, I do have a, f- a couple more. Okay. So, um, the first one is this one is actually from the United States. It's, I mean, misinformation and disinformation. It doesn't just sp- it stem from overseas. Some of it can be from here. So, an example of that is uh, is from Joe Biden, President Joe Biden himself, mm-hmm. who said, "For weeks, for weeks, for weeks, we have been." warning that this would happen and now it's unfolding largely as we predicted and that's disinformation yeah yeah they, he's building himself up he's making he's making his administration sound like really informed okay now let's look at some misinfo mm. there is no chin behind a uranian man's beard there is only another fist oh <laughs> All right, I have one more. One, 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 one more, more. One more. Right. I think I think I'm starting to get this. Not entirely, but I, I think so. Right. Disinfo. The city of Kiev, the capital of of Ukraine, will fall to Russian forces. Okay. Now let's look at now, it. And that's very clearly. I can see that. That is clearly unverifiable information meant with the intent to deceive. Okay. Now let's look at misinfo, uh, which is uh, again intent to inspire. The dinosaurs looked at the citizens of Kiev the wrong way once. You know what happened to them. Well, thank you very much, Kai, for this crash course in the um, in the, the new media landscape, the new media uh, war zone, perhaps. Right. Um, the conflict in new media, where right. it's really happening. Right, but we, we aren't. This is not a political science show, it's although not. we do brush up against poli sci. Exactly. We um, polytech as well. Poli sci, um, polytech, poly industry, universities, um, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> what we actually want to talk about is uh, sort of uh, the the uh, the possible end result of all of this, the mm-hmm. possible place that this will end up going, and that is unfortunately the prospect of nuclear Armageddon, as I had mentioned earlier in the program. Mm-hmm. So tonight's episode, Chasing the Nuclear Storm, so it's come to this. And what we want to do is is we want to step away from the intricacies of geopolitical maneuvering, warfare, information warfare, mm. and talk about things that we can actually control, things that we can actually prepare for, and something that everyone should have in the back of their mind as a possibility. Right. Um, so to start off with uh, our so, program – And in a way, this, this is going to be – we're sort of touching on disinformation – in terms of what's being discussed now here as well. Right. And, and that is actually an excellent segue because on this, um, not quite the same disinfo, misinfo place because that still doesn't quite make all that much sense to me. But I do want to talk about the realities of the new atomic age because it is no longer your grandma's nuclear Armageddon. 
Um, no. It is, is something totally new. And these the new realities in place need to, uh, you know, the, you need to prepare for them. Exactly. And, and so to start us off, I want to, uh, with this, I want to bust a few pieces of misconceptions, um, misconception, misconceptions, bust, perhaps, yeah. um, and talk about Mistbusters. Mistbusters. What? What? What's changed? What we? What? How our knowledge has evolved? Mm-hmm. So, starting off, we have often heard of the concept of nuclear winter, right. and of course, that is when um, so much dust is lofted into the air in the event of a nuclear catastrophe that uh, it brings the temperature down, locks out the sun. Essentially, yes. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that nuclear winter is not the most likely scenario anymore. Right. It's it's just not. And in fact, recent studies indicate that we would be expecting more of a nuclear sweater weather. Right. Um, and so, uh, late fall, maybe mid fall. Brisk, very brisk. Um, and you know, uh, so expect don't expect to have to have these parkas and these you know big mitts. It's right. gonna be it's gonna be tolerable from a climate standpoint and. As a bonus, you know, the leaves will change colors. Right. It's just um, nature biology. You can break out a nice light jacket that you don't get to wear very often. Right. Um, and it will frankly uh, – um, in that in sense, um, things are looking up. Yes. Things are looking up as compared to what we used to believe them to be. And imagine what cool new colors those leaves will be changing. Unimaginable what colors they could be changing, you know, with the addition of radiation and, and you know, um, <clears throat> the sunsets will also likely be very beautiful um, in, oh, yeah. in, in the nuclear sweater weather scenario. Oh, yeah. Um, so another thing that is drilled into our heads, another misconception of nuclear war is this idea of duck and cover. Mm-hmm. When you know there's a bomb going off, find a corner, cover your head, curl up, duck and cover. Mm-hmm. Here's the issue with that. If you're in the blast radius. If you're in the blast radius, in the surrounding blast radius. Here's the issue with that is that if ducking and covering – the amount of use that ducking and covering can get is maximized in the blast zone itself. Mm -hmm. And at that point – um, you're just barbecue beef brisket at that yeah, in that in that essence, there's or no, perhaps there's, jack, jackfruit barbecue jackfruit. Yeah, it's not an issue of shrapnel; it's an issue of you being in a nuclear blast zone. Exactly. So instead, the um, and, and this is granted, this isn't guidance provided by the government because the government will never be as frank with you as we can be. Right. But try instead of duck and cover, jump and jive, mm-hmm. because. If ducking and cover was going to be useful, it's not going to be useful. So you might as well just leave a cool shadow on the wall. Right. Um, if you've ever been to a children's museum where they have the big dark rooms with the photoreactive paint uh-huh. and the big flash and people jump in the air, the children jump and they it flashes really light, b- brightly, mm-hmm. and you can see the shadows of them in midair. Right. That can be how you are remembered. That right. will, can be what – rescue operations may discover and let's and yeah let's be honest here what do we want to remember after you know the nuclear war has has laid siege to the planet that's right the swing dance revival of the 1990s and and just good times you know show that you were living each day like it was your last like it was 1999 when it was your last um, so how about another one? Uh, yes. Fallout. We all talk about Fallout. We all know that Fallout what Fallout one, is. Fallout uh, 2, New Vegas. Um, 4, etc. 
But aside from that, fallout, of course, is the radioactive material that sort of drifts back down from the sky uh, after a nuclear blast mm. lofts it up as part of the sort of this nuclear winter, now nuclear sweater weather phenomenon. But the fact of the matter is, is that fallout is <clears> – <throat> the harms are overstated. There's sure. a whole separate discussion about the no-threshold model of radioactivity, whether or not a little radioactivity is actually good for you. There's some evidence that says that it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's it's not this thing you need to necessarily be worried about. Um, so a dustpan, uh, a broom – and, you know, some filters and you'll be fine. The real issue that you need to worry about is a breakdown in communication and cooperation. Right. So instead of falling out, try falling in. Try, mm-hmm. um, you know, finding ways that you and your survivors can huddle together and find inroads with each other. Uh, sure. There could be trust falls. There could be, you know, never have I ever. Um, any number of group building activities you could think of to will be essential for your survival, much more so than avoiding the fallout. If you have ever been to camp uh, or any sort of event of any kind where you're meeting new people, you're really just training yourself for this new world that we are living in. It really is. And, and you know, in the same way that my own personal experiences at summer camp as a child were apocalyptic, um, though, you know, it's, it's an essential mm-hmm. way to, uh, to, to uh, prepare. Um, telephone game, an excellent way to open up, once again, uh, avenues of communication, cooperation. Right. Um, so uh, another one real quickly because uh, we are running short on the first part of the show. Canned food, will it stay safe? Many people um, – and, and this comes from the media, honestly. Many sure. people believe that – in the can industry, frankly. Mm, almost certainly. In the post-apocalyptic world, there will – the best bet for fresh food, fresh water will come from canned and bottled sources respectively. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is is that that is not true. No. Um, it's just not. When it's, you are – I mean canned food – goes bad faster than you can than you can expect. And on top of that, when you are out there scavenging to survive, possibly hiking to keep your mind clear, right. um, you need nutrients, you need vitamins, you need minerals. And you know and you know what's you know it's an even bigger energy energy uh, uh, sink than scavenging the the wastelands for raw material. Carrying all those cans on your back, especially if you and opening them if you don't have a can opener. Exactly. So what uh, the recommendation is now is try fresh fruit and veggies, mm. um, the freshest you can possibly get, organic, locally grown, free trade, whatever you can do. Um, kale and squash will grow well in the nuclear sweater weather right. um, paradigm that we think, talked about. Think about those autumn, those autumn, uh, autumn foods, and and they and they've got micronutrients for days, exactly weeks, perhaps. Um, and you know that being said, uh, if you are growing food in this sort of situation. Uh, you might need to amend the soil. You right. might need to to add some stuff to the soil to sort of dilute the um, nuclear contamination. And uh, I would recommend organic compost, which you can find at any farmer's market. And I imagine um, we'll be able to continue finding at farmer's market um, after the bombs drop. Um, yeah, but it's, it's going fast, so you better get there early. Um, and with that, 
uh, that is a few. Um, uh, that's some, some misconception busting, right? Some um, misbusting uh, about uh, about the, uh, the the realities of nuclear war yes. in today's modern era and how to protect yourself, what to expect, and how to survive. Yeah, information is uh, is key in these so delicate times. They are. They are. Um, so. Uh, what do you think, Kai? What's your plan for after the uh, the bombs drop? Do you have a, Do you have any uh, any any bright ideas? Uh, you know, so I think I think after the bombs drop, I think I'm gonna. Uh, I think I'll finally have a lot of some time to catch up on some of my hobbies. You know, things that I I wasn't able to pursue when I had such a busy schedule. What with the ongoing my ongoing workload, things like learning a new skill, maybe learning a language, maybe. You know, starting a sourdough starter or something like that. You, you know, some reading done. If anything that the pandemic has done, it has shown us that when we have time by ourselves and without having to go to jobs or have, you know, wider responsibilities, mm-hmm. we can really find ourselves. Right. In a way, I think in the way that the pandemic was, was actually good for everybody. One of the best things that has ever happened to a lot of people. I think nuclear war could also be one of the best things to ever happen for a whole lot of people like uh-huh. yourself. Yeah. I, for one, have set aside a number of books that I am excited to read. Oh, let's let's hear some of those titles, Rowan. Well, I'm revisiting Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Mm. Um, you you, know, I imagine you put it down halfway through and haven't picked it up. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, no, I've read it quite a few times. Oh. Um, and this will actually be my sixth time reading it. Um, Do you have a motorcycle? No. At one okay. point, I had a Vespa, but that there's a whole you know. It, I that imagine crashed. there's a con- conversion issue there. Yeah, no, I, I also um, I have a I have a book, uh, Verma Composting: Worms Eat My Garbage, uh, which I think will be quite quite exciting. I've had the worms for a while now, but I've just never been able to put together the whole thing. Um, so you know that would I mean, be yeah, a great time to do it. Was it? You have like an IKEA IKEA instructions can't can't put it together well you know it just takes time and energy and i mean the worms are sitting around they'll be fine yeah the worms are known for that but anyway uh we let's go ahead and move to the the, mid-show midterm another special special mid-show midterm fineman files we miss him dearly how we miss him and And angel is no longer on this earth and and so the question today is What did Richard Feynman say as the first atomic bomb was detonated? Yes, famous – go ahead. Trinity Test and Alamogordo. Right. Famously, you know, all these different people, Robert Oppenheimer, et cetera. Some of the big boys of physics. Yeah. Some of the biggest boys of physics. We know know what they say. And Richard Feynman was there. He was on the scene. He was in those circles. But famously – I mean we don't really – not a lot of people know what he said as a result of these tests. Yeah, unless you're a Feynman file like uh, <laughs> like us, yeah. um, then you probably don't know what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, there is a quote that can be attributed to him. And uh, so here are your options. Number one, mm-hmm. did Richard Feynman say, yippee ki Sounds like him. It, it sounds like him. Uh, another option is send my regards. Oh, I can picture him in a suit saying that. Uh, smoking a cigarette. Uh, number three, um, you're welcome, America. Um, so, so generous. Uh, you know, it was a very generous gift. And number four, um, that was today. Okay. You know, he's got a lot on his plate. Presumably, at that, if that were the correct answer, I imagine Richard Feynman was off trying to uh, get a candy bar or perhaps a, a, a an ice cold soda. Or, probably, or, or I, I think more likely, I, he just got back from a a nice night at a. 
one of his uh, grad students' uh, apartments. Oh, well. Um, but that is the mid-show midterm. We are going to take a short break, about six, seven minutes. And when we return, we will continue our discussion of nuclear war. Chasing the nuclear storm. So please stay tuned. Back, in fact. Welcome back, everybody. And it's time that we go over the question that we posed uh, over the break, which was, Rowan. What did Richard Feynman say as the first atomic bomb was detonated? Um, And he was there. It is worth repeating that he was, in fact, there at Alamogordo at the Trinity explosion detonation. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, there with Oppenheimer and uh, the rest. And they all (laughs) – Feynman, Oppenheimer, and the rest, as the story goes – um, and he did say something. He said something that we all remember, um, but too few people actually know. Um, and the and the possible things that he could have said were, number one, yippee Kaye. Number two, send my regards. Send my regards. Uh, number three, you're welcome, America. And number four, wait, that was today? And, and these all have, I think, shards of that essential Feynman, Feynman personality mm-hmm. to them. Yes. The various aspects of the man, multifaceted as he was. But there is only one answer, and that answer – well, what do you think, Kai? Um, well, you know, uh, I always I always forget what he said. He said so many great things. Uh, it's so hard to remember what he said at any given grand uh, his, history-making event um, at which he was, he was present at, very, at a lot of them. And instrumental in most. Exactly. Um, but it seems like uh, if I know if I know my Finey, uh, if, if I know if I know that Feynman uh, as well as I think I do, um, I think I think Feynman would be showing up, his hair all out of the place, all all everywhere. Maybe a, a few candy bars in his hand, a few more in his pocket, um, and I think he would say, "They said, hey, we launched the ro- we launched the bomb, we did the we made the bomb happen," and he said, "Wait, that was today." And that's a good answer, you know, that, yeah. that that does seem that would track. But unfortunately, no. The answer is send my regards. I don't I, I don't know who or what the regards would be sent to towards Perhaps it was some sort of inside joke. In my, it, it very well could have been. But that is uh but on on record, that is in fact what he said. Amazing. Uh, at the Trinity detonation. Um, so with that, now we can return to our show, the show today, the theme being, of course, chasing the nuclear storm. Mm-hmm. 
so it's come to this. Mm-hmm. Because uh, as discussed in the first half of the program, the, the possibility of nuclear war is now um, – It's very it's, – it's close. It's more present than it has been in a long it's close time. again. And so with that in mind, uh, I, I did want to take a moment to talk about uh, uh, some safety, safety in, in the uh, sure. way of the blast. And we talked a little bit about this earlier with the realities of the new atomic mm-hmm. age. Jumping and jiving. And uh, and, and what have you, uh, organic food. Um, stick with, you know, uh, just to piggyback on that. It doesn't have to be organic. You know, choices will have. You'll have to make tough choices if mm. after the bombs drop. So as long as it's fresh fruit and vegetables, mm. then it's not a problem. Ideally, it would be organic, but you know, you make do with what you right. have. Vegetarians might have to become pescatarians in such a world, and, and vegans might have to become vegetarians. It's uh, it's it, vegans it's, might have to become the food. It sends a shiver down my spine. I think of I can only think of the poor, poor breathitarians out there and what they would have to deal with with all that fallout. Uh-huh. But that's neither here nor there because what I do want to talk about is a, a very often overlooked um, aspect of safety in the uh, after the bombs drop or actually when the bombs drop, mm-hmm. and that is um, namely uh, your eyes. Yeah. As we talked a little bit about, if you are close enough to the epicenter to where you are worried about receiving burns or getting blast injuries, getting blasted, yeah. Um, you're, you're already dead. That, yeah. That's that's well well established. That's well known. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, right. If you're just outside of those regions, but not far enough to get to a good shelter, right. Then you have a chance of survival. It's just some of the other parts of you might not make it out so well. Mm-hmm. And what I'm speaking with specifically is um, the, the wi- eyes. The windows to the soul. The, yes. the eyes, yes. Um, and so you need you gotta to protect f- that valuable soul. It's Well, yes. But, uh, but it, with the eyes, it's they're so fragile. Mm-hmm. And when you like – fi- Glass cannons. When you find yourself – in um, a situation where you are forced to survive, to scrounge, to do what you have to do to be able to uh, get through the next day, eyesight is going to be key. Yeah. And so what can you do to protect your eyes? Um, Well, turning away from the blast is a good start. Mm -hmm. Um, Closing your eyes is also a good start. But in many rooms, especially if, say, you are a um, a businesswoman on the go with a spacious, roomy apartment on the 17th floor of a skyscraper Mm -hmm. with glass windows all around, even closing your eyes and turning away from the blast, there's still going to be very bright lights coming through. Bird Box tells us that. But – um, you could also do something like covering your eyes with electrical tape or, you know, setting into a sensory deprivation tank. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most people I know at, 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 that I know have one of those at home. You'll want to drain the liquid from it first because it will flash boil. But mm-hmm. um, th- those are options. But uh, even setting those aside, what if you are out on the street and you hear the moment, you know what's happening, um... And you have nowhere to run. You have nowhere to hide. You just need you have you have thirty seconds to to protect your eyes in that situation. Right. The ideal thing to have would be a welding mask. Yeah, but that's what it's made for. But you can't just walk around with a welding mask in public. No, not in polite company. No, no it, it, exactly. You, you would you they would you would get strange looks. You get shunned. 
Um, so thankfully, though, there is now something out there, a, 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 a pair of spectacles, a pair of sunglasses that combine really? the ability to uh, – of, uh, of um, <clears throat> welding masks to block out the high light, high radioactive, high um, ray mm-hmm. – of the, the high, bomb, the gamma rays, yeah. Of the bomb, with a stylish streetwear look that you can be seen in public this and not get looks. Starting to sound like an ad, bro. Well, well, no, it's not an ad. It's not an ad. Um, not at all. Not at all. Excuse me, Kai. Please, it's not an ad. Okay. What it is 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 an announcement of Simon Amy's newest solution for wellness, the Gamma Ray Bands. Sunglasses for an no. uncertain tomorrow. Rowan, bro, this is wrong on several different levels. W- Kai, please, please. I'm looking at these things, Rowan. I, I don't think we can, I don't think we talk about these things. Rowan, let's... Well, according to who? Rowan, okay, it's time, it's time we just move on. Let's move on. It's, a, it's going Thanks to... Thanks for the, this the gamma, the gamma Ray Bands will be available in the upcoming uh, Solutions for Wellness New List Letters quarter two of this year. Let's, okay, um, let's move on to the next actual segment that we have that's not an advertisement for a product that I cannot speak to the validity of. This, once again, it is not an advertisement. It is a... Um, a, a it's uh, an adver- yeah, it's a solution, Rowan. We get it. <laughs> All right, now let's move on to uh, our next segment, Glimmers of Hope. We talked about what to expect if and when the bombs do drop, but let's talk about there's still a chance. We still got a chance at this things, thing, guys. It's not all, it's not all gone yet. Right. There's some hope. There is always hope, and even after the bombs drop, there will be hope for a while. Right. Um, but in this instance... Um, it's always good to be prepared. It's always good to have the knowledge of what's going to happen. But it's also good to have knowledge of how things might not happen. Don't lose that. Don't use that. Lose that special spark in your eye that makes you, uh, that brings you joy. That that makes you know that the world is uh, is still a, is still a good place to be. Um, glimmers of hope. Things like the blockchain. The blockchain could still solve all of our problems. Now, there are there are several different solutions. The blockchain community has not agreed on one just yet, but I think it's very likely, and I'm speaking as an expert in this field, it is very likely that the blockchain may be the answer to this conflict and to the greater problem of n- nuclear warfare. It, it, how? Like I said, there's lots of different solutions out there. There's not really one we can focus on right now. But uh, okay, fair enough. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of chatter. Okay, so blockchain could avert nuclear catastrophe. Right. What else? Yeah, next one, automation. Uh, what I see when I see, when I look out there, I see a lot of people doing a lot of different things that they don't necessarily have to be doing, like waging nuclear war. That yeah, among many other things, you know, just uh, bagging groceries or. Uh, fixing cars, things that robots could easily do if we just automated them. Right. So I'm thinking automation, if we just figure out what needs to be automated and we automate it, this whole thing might just blow over. What what else, Kai? All right, next one. Something that's never, never steered us wrong, and that is Local action. Finally, I I would agree with this, uh, Kai. I absolutely agree with this. That I- international change starts at the local level, and uh-huh. if 
we could say you could just get everyone together. Um, I can see it now. Getting everyone together on your block in the on the cul-de-sac mm-hmm. to 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 come and and have a bake sale, right? Um, for nuclear disarmament, uh, I could see that. I could see that working, and and you know maybe that inspires the next cul-de-sac over mm-hmm. to have a bake sale. And before and, long, and like a like a like a nuclear reaction. Uh, this whole thing greatly blows our our proportions. Um, but no, I, I agree one hundred percent. And just like a, a, as equal to, and possibly even a better idea than a bake sale, I would posit some sort of sexy car wash. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, maybe if some of these um, these world leaders with their fingers on the button, maybe maybe if they went to um, you know a a uh, a car wash where there was frolicking and frivolity M- yeah. maybe 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 you're right maybe you're onto something there i could see that i could see that making a big difference and if nothing else in your local communities after the bombs drop you will be remembered as the one who threw a sexy car wash yeah um stories will be told um next up we have of course make it a side hustle and this is a story time and time again it solves it solved so many problems already um but why don't you stop looking at the experts? Stop looking at the people in charge. Take grasp of the world in front of you and make it a side hustle to stop this from happening, to to, to quench this thing. Well, you know, in a sense, you could almost see the invention of the nuclear bomb and the creation of these networks of missile silos. Mm. That was someone's side hustle once. Yeah, it was someone's side hustle. And then, it, you know what? It got too big. It sold out. That's, you got to make sure your side hustle doesn't sell out. So if, if everybody out there just dedicated a few hours each week to making uh, ending the possibility of nuclear war, nuclear conflict, a side hustle, think about, think about where we would be. In fact, I, I estimate... So right now, uh, all these decisions are being made by centralized incubators. So every community, every different um, – all these different cities hey, have their centralized incubators where all the decisions are made. And these being, of course, uh, spaces where members of various industries meet up with uh, possible investors. They sit around and they, and they and they prognosticate and come up with ideas. Yeah, and, um, they get a lot of money from yeah, it. Yeah, and you can see where that got us. Yeah, you can see yeah, You can see it's not really helping. So uh, I posit that this is, a, this is a good time. And based on the, my investigations and analysis of, again, new media, I think a lot more people are seeing the validity, are, are seeing the benefit to relying less on these centralized incubators and starting their own grassroots think tanks in their houses, on their blocks, in their own communities. And from that, you know, I expect us to see some state, some change really start stemming. Well, I, 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 could, I could see that definitely. Once again, that ties back into the local action sort of idea that that I'm such a, a huge fan of uh-huh. is that, um, you know, why not have those, um, you know, the, 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 the think tank leads to the local action, you know. Right. There's all of these issues about um, – these these perceived elites and and individuals huddled together in smoke filled rooms, mm-hmm. uh, determining the course of the world and the people in it. Well, why don't you be make your own smoke filled room where you can make determinations? Yeah, you could just get smoke. Smoke is not very difficult to come by, and the boardrooms certainly aren't. No, they're going to any room becomes a boardroom. A cardboard box could become a boardroom. 
if you have an imagination. And that's what you need for a side, for a good side hustle. You need to have a lot of creativity and a lot of imagination. You know, I see that these all kind of come together. I, I'm, I'm seeing now. Mm-hmm. I'm really getting a grand picture of our solution here. Next up, we have this one. And, and this is one that I think, you know, still a possibility. I think, frankly, this is our best bet. I think this is our best, our best bet. And that is that a hero will show up when we need them most. I mean, it's 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 it, it paints an evocative image. Uh, yeah, ima- ima- just imagine. Again, you have your boardrooms. They're filled with people. They're smoking. Their their faces are a half a shadow is cast on their face. You can't fully glimpse who is who. Everybody looks like a just a a, a faceless suit in this room. Moving pawn and chess pieces across a, a, a map of the mm-hmm. of the world and 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 muttering to one another. Yeah, the numbers just flashing on the screen. Lives being extinguished before their very eyes, without a a second thought, without a blink. And into this room, the door busts open, revealing a ray of, of, of brilliant light from the outdoors. They, they, they take their suit jackets and they hold it up to their eyes as they see silhouetted in that, in that, in that uh, halo. They see a, lone, a, a lonesome hero, one single individual, man, woman, non-binary. We can't really say at this point. It's too dark. Uh, it's too bright out there. But but we see them. We they take a step into the room, and we know that something is happening, and that averts nuclear catastrophe. All it takes is one. All it takes is one. Is one magnificent specimen. Um, and that really, I do think, is also our best bet. But, but, mm-hmm. but never let us wrong. I do have. Never let us I strength. think there is one one thing. And I, I, I want to admit, I, I, I looked through these slides before the program. And I hope you looked through them before every program. I, uh, well, you know, time, time depending. But this time I did. Uh-huh. And I was going through them and I thought, oh, these are some excellent points. These are some good ideas. Thank you. Um, but there's a big one that you're missing. So I went oh? ahead and I, and I added an extra slide. I think I've been there. I think I've gotten to all of them. Well, no, because there is yet one one glimmer of hope, one possibility to avert nuclear Armageddon. Not, it's not just a, a subset of anything else that we've talked about. Are you thinking about blockchain, Rowan? I've already said blockchain. No, I'm not thinking about blockchain. I am, in fact, thinking about extraterrestrials, thinking about um, aliens. What? Aliens? Yes. How did you I, – I thought I made it read only. How did you add this slide? Well, 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 hear, well hear, hear me out on this one. All right? I now, don't I, know I, if I can. I, I, there is a, a consortium of astrobiologists and, and um, who I am consider peers who I uh, – So I, uh, I doubt they're astrobiologists. I visit them. I talk to them and I see their discussions and they have uh-huh. put forward some very interesting ideas as to why or why not um, uh, a, a nuclear exchange might occur. And according to them and their expertise and on and, Twitter, I imagine and forums, Discord, face to face, mostly forums, but uh-huh. um, they say, they say that as part of the ongoing war between Arcturians and the Reptilians, uh, two diametrically forces of of uh, extraterrestrials and extra dimensional entities who are engaged in a millennial two different kinds of aliens that are engaged in a millennial long conflict over the vibration of humans, like the major motion picture Alien versus Predator. What I'm saying is, is that the Arcturians 
are very unlikely to allow there to be a nuclear exchange. Why? They are protectors. Oh. They worry that that many soul forces exiting the matrix at once would have terrible downstream effects. Uh-huh. These, and, and, and they, these and, fractal beings. Yes. As opposed to the reptilians who would love for us to engage in a war um, of, uh, of, of that sort. Mm-hmm. These lizards in suits. Correct. Um, many of whom are making the, making the, uh, making the shots, calling the shots. So, so, and this is, and this is your final. This is the solution. This is the solution to nuclear war. Is the the trust in the fact that there's an alien species that will not allow this to happen? Well, I mean, you know, I I'm not necessarily. I am no astrobiologist. I'm not even a xenobiologist. I don't know if that's even a but, thing. But I do hear. I do have these peers of mine whom I trust and respect. Peers is a very loose word that you are throwing and, around. And I have also seen some very compelling testimony from members who purport themselves to be of the secret space program who say that this sort of thing, um, for all we know, this might have been very well how uh, these uh, events have been averted in the past. There's nothing to say that the um, that the Cuban Missile Crisis was not averted um, due to the activities of the Arcturians. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think it's uh, I think it's just as likely as anything else. I think it's just as likely that aliens will as save anything us. Anything else? I think that it's just as likely that the there's thing... an equal amount of evidence of this as opposed to anything else uh, of, of anything else helping. I think that if we're going to put on a scale um, local bake sales uh-huh. versus the aliens coming down and helping us, I think the aliens edge it out in terms of plausibility. <laughs> is there anything we could do? Rowan, do you, do you, is there anything we could do to ensure this? What do we do in this scenario? You know what? We just keep on keeping on. We just wait and see. The Arcturians will make themselves known when we are ready. So, supposedly, I once again, I'm not, I'm not a firm believer in any of this. I just, I thought it was an interesting theory that bared repeating. All right. So yeah, this is this is done. We went on too long with this single point, with the single point that has no bearing over anything. I think it's time that we cut our losses here and we move on to the citizen science. Uh, I would. Uh, I don't. I don't think we're cutting losses. I think that's just a, a poignant point to end on, which is when we could not save ourselves. There, there are those uh, who would save us. Let's. It's dragging on way too long, Rowan. Can you please just get move on to the citizen uh, science? Citizen science, of course. So this is the part of the show where we discuss research findings and data uh, that we found uh, out in the world on the street mm-hmm. and posted to social media. Um, and what I have here is is um, it's kind of a shame we couldn't do that. We didn't have the opportunity to do the program closer to this this date, this very this very fortuitous date, um, but. February 22nd, 2022 just occurred. So 22222. Uh-huh. Um and so and and that's that's very fortuitous. It's 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 it's, very a, it's, it's an omen, you know, and it's a, it's a date of power. And this comes from uh from Instagram, uh, Carrie M Bush said this. February 2nd, 2022. Without a doubt, this will be one of the most transformational times of your life. You will experience a quantum leap into a higher vibrational reality and a radical shift in consciousness. This is your invitation to align with the timeline you desire. You have been through a lot to get here, and now it's your time. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. I, for one, 
had a wonderful alignment with my desired timeline on this date. Did you, Kai? What does that mean? You know, you take your timeline. Uh-huh. Imagine it. Uh, imagine yourself as a line, and the timeline okay. as a line. Okay. And you make them parallel. That is sort of what I did on a spiritual level, as opposed to a physical level. Well, I mean, please don't be silly. Um. Yeah. That. That's great. Uh. It. it we are a good. We're over a week, maybe two weeks from this date. So, uh, very timely, Rowan. Thank you. But it is time that we move on to something truly inspirational. And that is my my end of show quote, where I uh, I like to close on a quote by a notable scientist, technologist, or expert in their field. And today my quote is by the notable and laudable Valdemir Zelensky, who is known to have said, "Politics is not an exact science. That's why in school I loved mathematics. Everything in mathematics." was clear to me and i mean this guy i mean what can't this guy do he's good at the politics he's good at the mathematics he's good at quotes he's good at getting in your girl's dms (laughs) you know it uh yeah and you know there's that you know famous quote uh that i've seen online in the new media is that isaac newton we know that he developed calculus when he was 24 well Another another piece of misinformation out there, inspiring misinformation out there, is that Valdemir Zelensky did it when he was seven. It's certainly misinformation. Inspiring. Eureka Cast now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are broadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WLPN LP 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio and simulcast live on twitch.tv slash Lumpen Radio at that same time. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow us at EurekaCast on Twitter and Instagram or visit our website uh, at EurekaCast.org. Rowan? And if you do engage in other forms of social media, please feel free to find us at facebook.com slash EurekaCast or send an electronic mail to EurekaCastNow at gmail.com. But before we go, I want to send away uh, – end on a on – a, on a, on a, we ended on a positive note. Right. Let's, let's, let's end on an even more – and an ecstatic note. And 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 you so you have something for us I, to help I, us do that. I do I do, Rowan. So we did we we talked about a lot of things, and I felt there was one more area, uh, another, one more glimmer of hope that is not aliens, not anywhere anywhere close to aliens, but it is something that is very inspiring. Um, it is one more thing that could possibly end this once and for all. So I thought I'd give it a shot. Um, we had our AI, we had our artificial intelligence, we had our our bots, our Neural networks trained on all of these different anti-war sentiments in, in new media at the Tech Brothers New Media Labs for months now, just in case a situation like this comes up. And our neural networks have been busy training, looking at, analyzing, and creating a piece of art that will be the end-all, be-all of war, a song for peace, one piece of art that we at the New Media Labs believe may end all war forever so we had the ai generate this 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 song this anti-war peace this peace song we listened to it we thought it was amazing the best that we've ever ever done but there still was something missing heart and so we brainstormed we uh we talked amongst ourselves about how we were going to solve this and then somebody from the back of the room 
I don't even think I've, I've met them before. But they said, hey, wait a second. What if we had somebody truly talented, whose talent is unrivaled, as well as whose knowledge of technology and information and sciences is unrivaled in our current time? So you found a contractor. No, this is somebody that I have never met. So they said this, and somebody else, not even the same person, somebody else said, wait a second. Kai, aren't you a musician? And I said, yes, I am in some senses. I've, I've certainly made some, some tracts. I've, uh, I've, I've performed before. Where? And somebody else said, you have to do it. You have to bring this song to life. You have to infuse this song with art. They said it exactly like that. And I said, no, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. But, but, but then everybody in unison, right. they, they said, you must. They implored me. Right. I didn't have a choice. You know, this whole story is, is actually a whole lot less plausible than Aliens. But um, you, you, did, you, do, you do have a song for us. That's yes. right. So this, so this song that we're about to play and that we're going to take is going to take out the show. This is not only expertly performed by your very own Kai Hubris and the AIs. That's what I call my group, right? Um, but this is the from data and analysis on millions of of, of key data points. This is the song that encapsulates peace in its essence. So we hope that once it's out there. We're going to keep an eye on the data and, and hopefully we're going to find a way to end this thing, to keep nuclear war from happening. And this song is going to do that. Uh, I think just maybe. Well, let us uh, play it out. Uh, and uh, thank you very much for tuning in. You are welcome. Everybody's talking about nuclear and I just gotta ask What for With all this Fighting Can't they See The real Thermonuclear Weapons Are inside of you And me Nuclear war out of hate, falling into love, and that's why I say nuclear war, I don't think so, nuclear war, not